If you wanna talk, don't email. You better click, 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 click. You gotta search these guys. It's Gus, Jeff, and Bernie from Rooster Teeth. And maybe Joel and Matt, but they're not quite as important. So please enjoy the Drunk Tank Podcast. Hey everyone, how's it going? I like the way he worked in Doc's so- or Vic's song. Oh, good, you recognize it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's the big reason I decided to use it. It's yeah, a, that's it's a little homage to, to Vic's song. That's pretty funny. That is Vic's, uh, Vic's answering machine message. From season three? Five. Season five? five uh, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what was that kid's name, Gus? That's uh, Cassells, C-A-S-S-3-L-L-S. Nice. Yes. It's a shame that his parents named gave him a name with a three <laughs> in it. That's kind of weird. but It, it fucks up... Uh, the school system, whenever they have to enter his name into the fucking... Yeah, I bet he has card. trouble with Scantrons. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Cassell, Cassell 3 Sr. is uh, really <laughs> proud of his son. But that was, uh, yeah, that was actually your your wife Griffin played one of her first roles in that part. Oh, that was the... the she was the voicemail, voicemail operator. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't her first part. She was the uh, the radio in The Warthog in season three, wasn't she? She was the distress signal. Distress signal. Yeah, that distress signal. That's distress. Just- <laughs> distress. Oh man, there's so much distress. So much distress. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like laughing at your own jokes the first thing in the morning. <laughs> so Jack and I had a conversation last night. We did? We did. And what is the name of the early American accent? I shouldn't say early American. Early this century, like 1920, 1930s. You know that accent? That people like, use, yeah, like James Cagney, yeah, kind of like, yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, like they'd always do it on sports casting too. It's all like very affected. Yeah, affected, whatever. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to you today from the Zeppelin races. Yeah, 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 yeah. that thing. What is that? And when did that go away? Oh God, I don't know. One of the, one of the guys. Maybe didn't we lose that in World War II? <laughs> <laughs> Germans bombed that. <laughs> <laughs> the accent factory. That was part of the treaty. You guys got to stop talking like idiots. We, we lost that in that shitty way people used to sing, too. Where it was like, oh, I am I, and you, and you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible. I love that song. That was the best singing you've ever done. Thanks. I'm sure that, that'll be in an intro, you know, six months from now. There's You sing in season three of Reversible. You sing you're in prison, Griff is, and you sing How Dry I Am. Yeah. I can't sing it as badly <laughs> as you sing it. It's a special talent. I, we recorded that. We all fucking lost it laughing. Yeah. It was so, so awful. <laughs> Do you have any background at all singing? I'm tone deaf. I'm tone, I'm tone deaf, too. And I so no. I'd like, I have had multiple... Uh, instances where people have tried to get me to understand music and like the difference in yeah. whatever. <laughs> Weren't you a roadie for like two, three years? Yeah, I was. A, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't uh, have to know music. You don't have that. to know music to sell T-shirts, buddy. Yeah, it's like you don't have to know architecture to be a construction worker. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, proven consistently that none of us have any music talent. You know, we farmed out all the music for Red vs. Blue. I farm out all the theme songs for the podcast. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. But it's it's true. Like you will be talking about music or you'll be singing something. And Matt, Matt's a musical guy. That's he true. Is. He plays a number of different instruments. And he'll say things to me like, that's in the wrong key. And I say, I don't know what that means. And he goes, well, you're singing it in – I'm just going to make up here. You're singing in F. It's supposed to be in G. And I go, what is F and G? What does Dude, that mean? I can go one up. I can uh, – on that. I can sit in front of a piano with, like, Gus's mom or, like, Griffin and Martha or whoever. And they're like, okay, we're going to explain keys to you. And they hit a key and they go, did you hear that? And I go, yeah, of course. And they go – and they hit another key and they go, did you hear that? And I go, Yeah. You hit the same key. And they're like, no! It was totally different. How can you not tell the difference? I just can't. I can tell the difference between those two things when they do it like that. But then if I walk out of the room and I walk back in and they hit a, the one, they go, "What? which one was that? I go, I have no idea. <laughs> they're all the same. You hit the white one. 
You hit the white one, exactly. <laughs> then I played Chopsticks and Heart and Soul. <laughs> I think I could have been one of those musicians by memorization. Because did you ever have a guitar or anything like that growing up? I had a uh, recorder, like in the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only musical instrument I think I've ever owned. Do they call them recorders? So that people don't have to call them flutes? Is that why? <laughs> I don't know. Like you're playing like a little pan flute or whatever that is? I even uh, I even tried out for a choir in the fifth grade because my friends tried out for choir and I did not make it. I was the, I, God, I must have been. <laughs> fifth grade? I don't know if I made it through like one line before they were like, it's okay, go back to class. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. This is not for you. What wild pack of buddies did you run with? Hey, we're all going to go try out for choir. Dude, you got out of, you got out of class. You never take social studies. You know, my senior year in high school, uh, I was in this thing where I got out of my all my classes for half the day. I got to leave after second period and come back for sixth period, which was the last period of the day. Mm-hmm. That was probably the smartest thing I ever did in my whole life. Think so? Yeah. How how'd you manage that? I was in something called HOSA, which was the Health Occupation Students of America. This is back when I was going to be a doctor. Hmm. And I got to do clinical rotations at a hospital, Southwest Memorial Hospital in Houston. So I get to throw on a lab coat and go there for three hours a day. I loved it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. My senior year, I did this like work release thing where I went to school till like eleven thirty, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to go to my job. Yeah, yeah. Stamping license plates. or something? No, I was a tool repairman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In a machine shop. Yeah. See, I also my senior year <laughs> in high school didn't go to half my classes, but it was just because I didn't want to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just decided not decided to. Decided not to. Do you know I never skipped a class ever. I never did that. Really? Not even on senior skip day or anything? No. I never – I skipped school, like a whole day of school, but I never skipped a class. I didn't know what I would do. Just wander around the school for an hour? You would not be in that class. Isn't that enough? (laughs) Yeah, Frank Frank and I used to, you know, be neighbors. Frank, of course, is one of the Yakuza in the immersion video. And we would walk over to school every day. And I never used to skip school either. But then when, like, senior year hit, for some reason, I never went to class. I remember we walked up, English was our first class in the morning, and we, we were walking up to it, and I looked in the window, and the English teacher was, like, trying to explain something. She had drawn, like, a circle and a triangle on the board. And I was like, yeah, fuck that, I'm not going. I just, like, turned around and went back home. Was that English that was or it. ESL? <laughs> it was English. Was it? Okay. Yeah. You weren't in, like, honors ESL? <laughs> I'm going to fucking strangle you. <laughs> AP, uh, come e- on. AP ESL. Yeah. Did anyone in your family formally speak Spanish? Yeah. Both my parents. They're they, from they, Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. They, so, yes, they formally speak Spanish. And so English was their second language? Yes. When you were growing up, did they primarily speak to you in Spanish? Yes, but then they switched when I was like six years old. Really? Because and they realized that if they didn't teach me English, I was never going to learn it. Um, I was never be totally fluent with it. So they realized that they were making a mistake by teaching me Spanish, so and, they switched me to English. And conversely, because of that, your sister doesn't speak Spanish at all. Right, and then because of that, my sister, who was born four years later, doesn't speak any Spanish. It's interesting. And you... you speak a lot I can of Spanish. Under, I can understand. Right. And then I could very awkwardly put together a sentence. Right. <laughs> Are you nervous about driving through Arizona now? I'm not going to... Fuck, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I can't go to Arizona anymore, right? What is up with that? That's freaking crazy, man. It seems weird. I guess the, the, they, you know, they passed a law where I guess at any time police can ask anybody for proof of citizenship or immigration status, I guess is how the way they word it. Mm-hmm. But it boils down to they can ask any Mexican any time <laughs> yeah. uh, whether they are in the country legally. Like, I think you're Norwegian. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure people from other countries are going to really sweat that one. Yeah. 
Watch out, Obama. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the Arizona Irish population is really nervous right now. <laughs> Just tell them you were born in Hawaii. <laughs> I hear that word. I don't have to show you a birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Hawaii. We don't have that there. It's island culture. <laughs> have a lay. So is that is – that, what, what is the deal with that? Is that all done? Or no, I don't people, think so. People's... I mean, there are still wackos out there that are still bitch about it. But, yeah, I think it's over. I don't think we're ever going to have an issue where uh, – Well, that, that one military guy just got court-martialed or what happened? He went to, to jail. Yeah, he went to jail. The fucking colonel. <laughs> a colonel for what? Refused to show up for work because the commander-in-chief the commander yeah. wasn't a natural – wasn't a U.S. citizen. Therefore, he didn't – he wasn't required to uh, obey the laws. He's a colonel? He was a colonel. How long does it take, Jeff, to become a colonel? It takes a long fucking time. It takes – well, you have to go – you have to at least get a college degree or go through a military school like West Point. So you put four years into that. Then you come out as a for second lieutenant. Then you've got to probably get two years to first lieutenant, two to three years to captain, probably three to four, maybe five years to lieutenant colonel, and then another four or five to colonel. So maybe 15 years. No, 20. what you just said was probably 18 to 20 years. 18 to 20 years. You include the school too. Yeah. Wow. And so an enlisted dude can you can never... do it. You can do it a little faster, but – an enlisted dude could never get up to colonel or general? No, you can't. Enlisted uh, – well, you could go to uh, – you could do green to gold, which is a program where like enlisted men non – well, they're not enlisted. They're uh, – you're called non-commissioned. But uh, yeah, like you could then go to college through this program uh, and they'll send you like officer candidate school and you can do it that way. But you still have to then go through and do four years of school. So you can't just be a badass? So yeah. that's what NCO means. Non-commissioned non- officer. officer. And that, that's just people who enlist. Yeah. Okay. I never understood what that meant. Yeah. I feel like I learned something today. There you go. What about that Goliath on the battlefield? Audie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Audie Murphy was a fucking psycho. <laughs> How many dudes did Audie Murphy kill? Uh, he killed a lot. You know, there's an Audie Murphy Museum in uh, Colleen, just north of here. He also like Colleen. Wow. At, Fort, at Fort Hood. Okay. It's on the base. He yeah. also blew up like tanks, right? Like single handedly, yeah, like with nothing. He he's one of those dudes that I always thought Audie Murphy and guys like that that are like celebrated war heroes were probably serial killers that just got drafted. <laughs> they just got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> he got super lucky. So it reminds me of uh, those stories about Douglas MacArthur, where I guess early in his career he wanted to catch Pancho Villa. Oh so, God, dude! So he got on one of those like railroad handcarts, like you see in the cartoons that you like pump up and down to go. He got on a handcart with a revolver and went into Mexico and killed like thirty people with a revolver. <laughs> he did. He would have to fight his way into town and then fight his way out of town. He got shot like two times on that trip. He on was a fucking handcart. But now the, the now the guys to that is that he was actually uh, investigating. It was really to catch Pancho Villa, but what it was supposed to be was that he was investigating the Mexican, uh, like, rail system for the feasibility of invading Mexico and using rail for, uh, using, you know, trains essentially to move supplies around. Mm-hmm. That was what he was officially there for. Dateline Mexico. <laughs> Pack it up, Pancho Villa. <laughs> Black Jack Pershing's on the scene. <laughs> You're really good at that, Bernie. Yeah. That's fun. We were... second career. <laughs> yeah, back in time. Go back and do voice announcing for uh, dirigible races. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, so when does when does the Reach Beta start? That's May 3rd, May right? May 3rd. I think Friends and Family starts Thursday. Is that is May 3rd <sighs> next week? When is yeah, that? It's next Monday. Monday. Yep. It's Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bernie, I'm going to be sick next week. I know, productivity, right? <laughs> He's about to get nosedived. Have, have they said how long the beta's going to last? No, just until they get the data that they need. How long did the Halo 3 beta last? It's I think it lasted <laughs> almost three weeks. Yeah, it was That'd about great. It was like, oh, we got the data after two days. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. You guys were super helpful. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it'll be like a, the original Xbox Live shutting off. People would stay in their game. Yeah. Won't ever stop. I think there's still people going. Yeah, right? there's. There, I think there's like 13 people left. There, there was an article today on Kotaku about it. That's really funny. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how long they can keep that up. I wonder what the final kill count's going to be. That's a good question. What, what kind of game are they playing? Does anyone know? I don't, yeah, I don't are they all in idea. one game? It's got to be Rumble Pit. <laughs> or are there multiple games going on? I don't know. I don't know. They're like the guys we talked about who live on an island in Japan and don't know the war is over. <laughs> and they're still just fighting away. That was the Philippines, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the Philippines. But yeah. it was a Japanese soldier. Japanese soldier, He yeah. was eating pigs, right? Never left his, he never left his post, right? Wow. Because he was never officially relieved. Yeah. I guess it was, yeah, yeah. It's a crazy story. I think we talked about it in the podcast. Because the yeah, emperor of did. Japan wasn't a natural-born citizen of Japan. Do we get a little protest? He was having some little green tea party over there or something. Is that racist? Did green I just say something tea. racist by saying green tea? Gus looks very uncomfortable right now. I don't now. think so. Did you Did you all hear that, um, I guess the film company that owns that, the rights of that Hitler movie started taking them down from YouTube? Yeah, Downfall. All, yeah. The, all those Hitler meme remixes. <laughs> Somebody immediately, immediately made one that was Hitler learns his movies are being taken down <laughs> and then posted that up. Did you read That's their reason funny. for doing it though? No, what was their reason? They're just the distributor, and they, but the actual, I guess the guys that own that made the movie made the request. Yeah. Oh, right? really? I heard the director and the actor both loved it, and they thought it was great. I don't know. I heard that they they took they took it down. They didn't want to take it down, but there was a request from some people involved in the film to uh. take it down because so, supposedly because they started to, somebody a couple months ago made a really anti-Semitic one. Yeah, I heard and about that. And that was one. super offensive, and so uh, that was the that was what it was really was the anti-Semitic. Anti-Semite had to ruin it for everybody else. I know, yeah. those anti-Semites. No, I think whoever made the first Hitler meme video ruined it for everyone. I, I was, <laughs> no, after that's the first, funny. I, the second one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That that got so fucking overused. Well, that's the thing, too, is that at first it's funny when you see it, and then the internet really doesn't know when to stop. Isn't that the definition of a meme? Is just everyone saying the same joke over and over again. And what makes it, what makes it funny is that you literally already know the joke. That's what a meme is. Yeah. That couldn't exist anywhere but the internet. Yeah. Right? The, and the best way to kill a meme is put it on TV. Like when Rick Astley sang uh, whatever, never going to give you up at the, what was it, Thanksgiving Day Parade? Macy's oh, Day, right, Macy's right. Thanksgiving Day Parade, yes. What are you going to say? Rick Astley came out and he rickrolled the audience. I thought that was funny. I, I, really? As I, I, I recall, that, that killed it. That ended Jack it. thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life at the time. He came in the next day or the next workday we had he was, and was talking about how great that was. He uh, was on, like, the float for Foster's Imaginary Friends or whatever. Yeah, right? something yeah. like that. In fact, Jack, isn't that when we first started having the discussion of, like, there's nothing that's too much for Jack? Jack, oh, yeah. if it references oh, really? something that Jack likes, Jack loves it. Well, you, you guys have changed me. And now you, you think that was too much. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it killed the meme. Good, look, maybe the meme needed to look die. We're slowly rotting Jack from the <laughs> inside. I hate everything now. <laughs> it come like us. Look, look he's getting some us. discriminating taste. I love it. <laughs> well, Jack and I did something last night. Oh, Jack, is it, is we're this, not going to talk about that. Hold on, is this podcast material? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Please. This is After Hours podcast. <laughs> the, um, we went to the submarine races. <laughs> the, uh, Jack and I did something last night that was a total, you'd like to think that you're not a starry-eyed fanboy, but we went to something last night that was so cool. Was I had such cool. a great time. We went to go see the Iron Man 2 premiere here in Austin. It, world it was premiere. World fan premiere. They had, they had shown it to like exhibitors and you know the Hollywood premiere, but this is the first time fans had seen it. And Nathan Fillion. Yeah. According he, to Twitter. He was there too, right? No, no, no. But they, they were going to have it in London, but because of the volcano, thank you, volcano, they had to move it to Austin. No, and, no, no. The, you've got that a little wrong. The, the world premiere was going to be in London. Yes. 
And then the volcano hit, so they had the world premiere in Hollywood. The fan premiere was always going to happen in Austin. But Date, Dateline yeah. Mount Fuji. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeff's already, yeah, here we go. You, you, me, already, you already killed it. It's over. <laughs> Jeff's already had it. Just, just <laughs> shot me a look. Just tell the fucking story. All right. I'll go back. But the uh, So we went to this thing, and we went to the uh, Alamo Draft House here in town, which we've talked about, I think, a billion times before. So awesome. And – it was very, very cool because we we knew we were getting to see it before anybody else, and they sent along a tape message, John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. did. Uh, and they actually put it online. Have you seen it online? Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I retwittered it. Oh, right. Late last night. But uh, they, they came on the screen, and it was them sitting on a couch, and they just want to thank everybody for coming out to the movie. And Robert Downey Jr. was doing that kind of that same bit that he did when he won. Was it a Golden Globe? Something like that. Where he's like, you know. I'm too good for this. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm better than this. All this. It was really funny. Uh, and they were thanking, like, Ain't Cool News for holding like, screening and all that. And he's like, why are you pandering to the nerds? You know, we've got them already. Yeah. They're going to go see the movie. Why are we doing this? <laughs> we don't need to be there. It's insignificant. And, uh, you know, Favreau's playing the bit where he's like, no, no, this is good. I'm so sick of hearing about the Dark Knight and how it's dark and gritty, <laughs> you know, from these people. And he goes – and Robert Arjun says, well, if you want to be there so bad, why don't you just go? And John Favreau goes, okay, maybe I will. And he stands up on the couch on screen and walks out on stage. Like, literally, like, from backstage. Yeah. He, and, leave, he leaves frame, shows up. And while he's out there talking, Robert Downey Jr. still up on the screen going, I'm just keeping it real, you know? And they're trying to do, like, a played bit back and forth, taped. But then Robert Downey Jr. stands up on screen and also comes out on stage. That's pretty fucking yeah, cool. It was man. really, really cool. It was pretty damn cool. I mean, it was really, really cool. Do you think they were in awe being on the same stage that we were just on a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, they talked about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, John Favreau does that a lot because you, you and I saw the world premiere for Made here, and John Favreau and Vince Vaughn weren't going to be able to make it, and then they showed up at the last minute. Wait, so you were, the, you were Made too? Yeah, we were. I, I was yeah. there. Oh, uh, yeah? So, yeah. So was I. Really? Well, there you go. Everybody in this room. Small world. That was years and years ago, and we didn't know Jack then, but he was in that room. God, that and was he, like 2000, maybe. That was like yeah, a decade ago. Yeah, that was a long ago. time ago. But something else cool, I mean, obviously you saw, you saw Iron Man 2, and you probably can't talk about it, but I bet it was cool. But something else cool you got to see at that event. You're talking about our thing? Can I not talk about our thing? Oh, no, okay. <laughs> you confused the shit out of me. When you said that, I immediately, my brain went straight to Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> straight to Scarlett Johansson. Oh, there, there's one shot in the movie of Scarlett Johansson and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow side by side. I'll just leave it at that. It's amazing. Okay. You'll like Thanks. it. You'll, you'll appreciate the shot. When you see it. I bet you were super creepy during that shot. <laughs> I, I was. I started touching Bernie. He crossed his legs a bunch. Yeah, but we actually, uh, we because we work with the Alamo so much, uh, we, Alamo shows this pre-roll. What would you call it, Jeff? I, about 30 to 45 minutes before a movie starts, like as soon as they open up the theater so people can come start sitting down, they just show like weird interstitial stuff. Like, for instance, before Iron Man, they might show a bunch of like 70s cartoons of Iron Man. Yep. Or they might show some weird Japanese video where a dude's dressed up as Iron Man running around Tokyo. Or They've never like, seen before. Yeah, there's any all just kinds of weird stuff. I don't know where they collect it, but they have like they have these like vast archives of wacky shit that nobody's well, ever seen. There's before. there's a company called Something Weird Video. They do a lot of that stuff. Okay, you can, you can get that online. And so the uh, the other thing that they do is they do these really funny. Don't talk during the movie. Turn off your cell phone videos that are specifically made for the Alamo. Yeah, and they have like a lot of big stars do them too. Yeah, one of them. Funny. The best one is the one with Governor Ann Richards. That was pretty good one. Yeah. Who's this fiery old lady? Yeah, I think we linked up it before. Actually, we've, we've talked about that one before for some reason. Oh, really? Have we? Yeah, yeah. That she comes, she shows up at the theater and beats the shit out of a guy who's talking in the movie. 
and throws him out and it says, you know, don't talk to the movie or Ann Richards will take your ass out. It's so great. There's, there's an Arlie Ermy one where he's in the, he says, you know, you don't know, I might be in the back of the theater waiting for you to talk. I'm going to come kick your ass. Yeah. So it's pretty great. He's the, uh, the staff sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. The best one they've ever done though. Uh, not to keep going with this, but the one where Abe Lincoln is talking in the theater. <laughs> that, that was, He's uh, being obnoxiously loud. That was the whitest kids you know. Was that really? Yeah. That was fucking funny. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's really funny. Yeah. So people contribute stuff all the time. Like there's a Homestar one as well. And and so we, we've we done some in the past. So we made a new one for this. was specifically for Iron Man where uh, they dress up Sarge like Iron Man. They paint him red and yellow and then try to convince him to jump off the cliff <laughs> and uh so we, we can fly it's just pretty short video it's like a minute 30 we got into the screening we knew we were going so we thought hey let's talk to tim and make a video and i think we pulled that thing together in what seven hours something total? like that yeah yeah it was super fast it was fun to just kind of like throw it together and, and be able to project it in a theater and that was fun so they showed that right before they showed the uh uh John favreau fan premiere robert downey jr video so that was a good company to be in yeah it was cool so you guys saw the movie. Did you like it? Was it good? Was it awesome? I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the more I digested, the more I think the, – the first movie is better just because of the initial punch of like, oh, my God, this movie is so great. The second one is just a lot of the same stuff from the first one that you enjoy. There's a lot more of it. There's a lot funnier, too. There's a lot more comedy to it. Dude, I thought the movie was it was intense. It was so fast and furious the entire time. Like it starts crazy. And it just like the entire time, it's just going and it's nuts. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, there's a lot of science, a lot of sci-fi in this movie too. There is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, like, a lot more like developing stuff. It, it, was, it was neat. I liked it. Like the stuff, like if you like, especially if you like the stuff that Tony Stark does in his like kind of his basement lab in his house. Yeah, yeah. If you like that stuff, that stuff continues to this movie. Oh, that's great. You know, yeah. and they have that, and they have like the different suits and everything. Still, is there a lot of like cameo esque like fan service stuff in there? There, there's a lot of stuff. Apparently, there's a lot of like is you know just under the surface stuff. Like you can easily miss it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like someone pointed out, there was something on a screen towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, the uh, in the timeline, it's Iron Man one, Iron Man two, and then the Incredible Hulk movie, the Edward Norton one that takes place after Iron Man two. So that that Ed Norton Incredible Hulk movie is canon. Yes. In, okay. I, it, you definitely got the feeling that Marvel is constructing something larger, and there are smaller pieces involved. Okay. Yeah. And those but, smaller pieces happen to be huge blockbuster movies. Right. Yeah. They happen to be three hundred million dollar movies. But like yeah. so, like uh, at the like towards the end of the movie, you, you can see something that mentions something about the Hulk and stuff like that, and like there's little tidbits kind of thrown in throughout the movie. Is Stanley in the way, movie? Stanley uh, is in the movie. Okay. I'm, I missed that, so I have to. You'll have to tell me later. I missed that, maybe because I wasn't looking for it. Or maybe I was in the bathroom when that happened. Um, but I want to be clear: Jack's not really giving anything away by no, saying no, no, that. No. So if you're you're cringing, I, I'm very anti spoiler. Yeah, you would not you would not see this. You would have to be looking for this to see it. Like if you didn't know, in the first Iron Man movie, apparently Captain America's shield is sitting in Tony Stark's lap. Yeah, I had right. to go back and rewatch it to see that. Yeah, yeah. so did I. I so missed did, it like so the first four times I saw the movie. What Jack's talking about is is on that level. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, never it's on a screen towards. Yeah, you, you it doesn't spoil anything in this movie. How in the world? Like you. Saw you met no, someone. No, somebody mentioned so, someone in the, during the Q and A. Someone spotted, or no? Actually, Favreau said, "Did anybody see this?" And some guy yelled out, "Oh yeah, it was on the screen." He's like, "Oh yeah, you got it." And so now I'm gonna. Have to, and also, uh, the movie we saw last night, there wasn't a PS. There was no scene after the after the credits rolled. But Favreau very, very much hinted, "Yeah, you might want to go see it again." So he was funny because he came out during the uh, the end credits rolling. And he started talking, and he goes, hey, hey, everybody quit looking up there. There's going to be no scene at the end of the credits. <laughs> yeah. He goes, we're doing the Q&A. <laughs> so, and he pointed out that when they had a screening before, they didn't have kind of a button scene at the end. But that, who knows? That's basically how he left it. Yeah, so it's it's pretty much he confirmed it, that there will be one. 
What was the scene in the last movie? I don't remember. It was the Nick Fury scene. Oh, right. Yeah, showing up and talking about the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. There's a lot of Nick Fury in this movie, too. Well, a a lot, a lot as compared to the first one. As opposed to to half a second (laughs) after the credits. He's bigger than an Easter egg in this one, (laughs) essentially. But, But, like, uh, no, I don't want to go into it. That that could be spoilers. I won't say anything. I would say go see it. So that movie opens May 7th, which is next next Friday. Friday. Right. That would definitely, I, would, I mean. Put I down would, the Halo Reach beta. Go see the movie. Yeah, go go put down a bunch of dudes in armor to go watch a bunch of dudes in armor. Take a shower first. Yeah. Please. Go into public. <laughs> Don Cheadle was great. Yes, yeah. Did you miss, uh, what's his face? Not, not even, not at first. Didn't think about Howard, Terrence Howard for a second. Terrence Howard, right? Yeah. Uh, is, that, is that his name? Terrence yeah. Stamp? No, no Terrence no, Stamp. Terrence totally Howard. different. <laughs> I totally didn't miss Terrence Stamp, you know, or Dame, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Terrence Howard was uh, James Rhodes in the first one. But yeah, I didn't miss him. Gary Shandling was great. Oh, Have you yeah. seen him in the trailers? I'm happy I'm happy Shandling's in that movie. I like him a lot. Yeah. I was always a big fan of the Gary Shandling show. B- uh, biggest surprise cameo was... Uh, I, that's, I'll leave it at See, that. I'm starting to feel spoiled now. Maybe Are you? Stop talking. Yeah, a little bit. All right. So um, discovering some of those cameos on that, your own that, is pretty fun. Well, well that, that, that actually he did actually kind of spoil something there. Because that was a funny moment you didn't expect and. That's what made it cool. Way to go, maybe Jack. You could, anti-spoiler. I ruined maybe, it for everyone. Maybe you could bleep that name out of the yeah. podcast, Gus. Oh, yeah. You. So, the uh, yeah, but it was it, it was really very good. Mickey Rourke was good. Everybody everybody was good in it. I, I wanted to see kind of more of Sam Rockwell. Uh, God, the he was movie. great. But, uh, you know, it's it's only, a movie can only be so long. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Is there a – do you think there'll be an Iron Man 3? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean – I didn't think – I thought all, all of them signed on for a third one. I don't know. There's still a lot more to do. I mean, there's, you know, if you look at, you know, the Iron Man storyline, if you just look at Tony Stark, they have yet to do a, some of the bigger stuff with Tony Stark. Right. And uh, they've invented some new stuff for the movie, which kind of fits in thematically uh, with Tony Stark. Favreau talked a lot about taking stuff in the comic that's lame and making it great for the movies. Yeah, making it, trying to make it cool. And they talked about, so he talked about some of the way he converts some of stuff. We can't really mention that because it would spoil for people sure, who, abso- are, absolutely. who are going to see Iron Man next week. So, Well, it sounds like everyone had a great time. We did. And then we went to the highball afterwards, which is the Alamo owns a bar next door, which is like this 50s, early 60s lounge type bar where they have bowling lanes in the bar. And karaoke rooms. And karaoke rooms. And Favreau DJed the entire party. Which was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, for like two hours. Nice. What kind of music did he play? Was awesome. music, did, he, did he plug his iPod in and put on his jams playlist? No, no. he's up there with the turntables, man. You know? He's oh, like, really? Yeah. I mean, it was. I don't know what the deal was. I didn't know that that was a skill that he possessed, but wow. he's up there pretty cool. spinning records, and he went very... It was the smoothest transition I've ever heard from Kanye West to ACDC. <laughs> so. really, he played a lot of Michael Jackson, too. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And it was very well done. Very well done. And, and Jack and I... Uh, we're hanging out for a while in there, and then we went. We grabbed a lane where you have your own kind of private booth and everything to drink from. And Jack and I bowled a few games, and I learned that I am a better left-handed bowler <laughs> than I am a right-handed bowler. Interesting. Yeah. I bowled an entire game left-handed and got twenty pins higher than I did with my right wow. hand. Wow, it was and, pretty. Awesome. And I almost beat Jack's highest score with his right hand. He beat me by two pins when I was yeah. bowling left-handed, and that was his highest score of the evening. Wow, what was your I, high score? Uh, no, no, let's not go into specifics. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go with trends. It was set. Actually, can we be happy yeah. with that? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, like, talking, I don't like talking about bowling I, anyway. Yeah, I heard you were pretty good bowler. Bernie said you were pretty good. <laughs> I don't talk it's about Jeff's that. dirty, dark secret is that he was a semi-pro bowler as a teenager. Nice. I don't talk about that. <laughs> Should I go to West Texas A&M or anything like that? Go no. to the bowling schools? No. 
we used to have a bowling night at the old place we used to work at, and it was just like fun. Like after work at midnight, we'd go out to the bowling lanes, and I remember we invited Jeff right after he started. And he showed up like all of us just went and like rented you know a ball and shoes and whatever. Jeff showed up with a ball in a bag and with like the glove that the professional bowlers wear and like the whole getup. You're like, what the fuck is this? I don't derive any <laughs> enjoyment from bowling or talking about bowling. <laughs> what was your highest score ever? Two forty three. That's not that good, is it? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Okay. That's like eight strikes or so? Uh, nine, I think. Nine? Yeah. <laughs> nine, I, I just, <laughs> you you had so nine strikes? Out. You got 243? Yeah. That doesn't seem possible. And it is if you don't get them all together. Yep. Those three missed strikes can cause a lot of trouble. Oh, oh, because uh, you can get 12. Right? Yeah. I was thinking 10. You're, you're on a different <laughs> level than me altogether. Whenever I think of uh, you you and Bowling Bernie, I was thinking of the pizza bowl up in, uh, where was that? Snow Squalamy. Snow Squalamy. A, a tiny ass little pizza place bowling alley. Yeah, we went up there for that weird summit that we didn't even know existed. Yeah, of can we? That was a weird deal. Did we ever talked about that before? I don't think we have. So we got invited. I don't even know if we can talk about this, but we got invited to just come out to dinner one night up in Seattle, and it was at some resort just outside of Seattle in Snow Squalmy. I think we were there for the Child's Play charity dinner, and then this thing was right after that, right. But it was essentially like a symposium of people meeting. It was like a direct X symposium where it was just every major developer, literally developer, not the studios, the guys who showed up at this resort to get together to determine what they needed to be in the next direct X yeah, chipset. What, what feature sets they wanted on graphics hardware. Why the hell the were you there? That sounds like a blast. We, we just knew somebody who was there and they invited us to come to dinner and it was just, it was like, it was like the Avengers. Yeah, like we showed up, <laughs> like we showed up and it was already towards the end of the evening and there were a couple of open chairs and most, you know, there's still a few people starting around, sitting around talking. They're like, oh, hey, Bernie Gus, man, you guys just missed John Carmack. He just took off. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, it looked like, it looked like a, if, if they were politicians, it would be conspiracy theorists like nightmares. It was, like, the I knew it. I knew this happened. It's, it's the just, Illuminati. It's the Bilderberg yeah. group of yeah. video games. I, I remember the, uh, like at first we missed the person we were trying to meet with and we showed up. We couldn't find out what was going on. And we had to valet our car. Uh, so, we, you know, we valeted our car, walked in, couldn't find the guy, turned around to walk out. And the valet's like, oh, leaving so fast? We're like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to meet someone. We couldn't find him. We're just going to go down to that pizza bowl. And do you remember this? Yeah. And then, like, so we go down to the pizza bowl, start playing some bowling and, you know, eating pizza. Then the dude who was supposed to meet us at the resort shows up at the pizza bowl. It's <laughs> like, the valet said you guys were over here. Like, what the fuck? How did you find us? <laughs> it was just a little hole in the wall. But it was, we were in a black light lit bowling alley with fluorescent balls. No, I mean bowling balls. <laughs> and we're, we're and so all the pins are glowing and all the all the bowling balls are glowing. It was the weirdest, most surreal place I've ever been in my life. I think you had a journal on our website, didn't you, uh, that night, like chronicling our uh, the progress of our bowling game. Like you were taking pictures with your sidekick. Yeah, that must have been before the the, the main site. Right? This has got to have been like five years ago. It was longer than that. It was a long ass time ago. Would that would that have been on the forum on the old PHPBB? I don't forums? know. I don't remember. I don't know either. I feel weird just even talking about that thing. That's kind yeah, of it was thing. it was really bizarre. It, and and odd, odd bit of trivia: that resort where they were all meeting was uh, like where they filmed Twin Peaks, like the lodge. Man, really? Yeah, God it was man. really weird to walk in there and really creepy. Like the waterfall was back there and everything. You know, I like out of that whole story. The only thing that Jeff takes away from it is a dopey fucking TV show <laughs> that he's upset he didn't get to go to the set of that show. I am. You're a, you're a big Twin Peaks fan, right? I'm a big David Lynch fan. Yeah, yeah, you would be. Next time we're in Seattle, we can probably carve out a little time. Dude, I would love that. Thank you. you. You can still get there? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
If hopefully Pizza Bowl's still there. There's a huge <laughs> waterfall right next to it. It's awesome. Yeah. Like go stand on this like little observation deck and watch this enormous waterfall. That's awesome. That'd be a cool way to spend a day. I guess we went bowling one time for uh, Flash and I's birthday party at main event. Yeah. Didn't you bowl there? Yes. I don't remember you going too crazy. I don't know what you mean by that. Well, like you weren't super intense about the game or anything. Well, I didn't have or you, you may have been, but I, I didn't bring any of my gear. <laughs> no, I you some you become like ball. so reserved. As soon as we started talking about bowling, you clammed up. Yep. Yeah. Is there something we should know? Now we, just, now we know did, how did to get kill, to shut up in the future. Yeah. Did bowling, bowling kill your father? <laughs> What's up here? You're like... I did. Yeah. I, just, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Did you have a bad bowling experience? Did the bowling ball touch you, Jeff? Bo- you... Bowling in general was a bad experience for me from start to finish. I don't know how to describe it. I just don't like it. You know, Jeff also single-handedly killed that bowling night we used to have at the old uh, at the old place of employment. I can't here. It's just something I'm very focused on. And if I bowl, and I don't bowl a 300, I get mad at myself. I get really, uh. really, really mad at myself because I know what I need to do to bowl a strike every single frame. And if you can't do that, and bowling is just repetition, yeah, then it's just extremely frustrating. And if you it's almost worse to you know to you go from bowling like five days a week for you know five or seven years or so to bowling like once every three years, and I don't I feel like my skills should not atrophy because of my head I'm still as good as I was at that moment, you know. Yeah. But then I go and I bowl and I can't do it, and I bowl like a 180, and I just want to fucking punch myself in the face. <laughs> it's just it's horrible. Kind of like trying to score a touchdown in Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, that was kind of like that. Bar none. The worst glory day story. <laughs> There's no glory day, dude. I ever tell in my life. There was no glory. I didn't like it. I hated it. I fucking hate bowling. I found my journal entries when we first started the website. Uh, first started the the, the social media. So what do we call this thing? Our, our community site. Community, community site. Whatever you want to call what it. Call it's, it's December tenth, two thousand four, is when I put it up. It's I screwed up and got the wrong time for a dinner meeting. So Gus and I are in some small town in Seattle, killing time. Small town in Seattle. Uh, we found some tiny little bowling alley in Snow Squalamy called the Pizza Bowl. It serves pizza and has a small bowling alley. Uh, did I mention that we're drinking Bud Light out of bottles shaped like bowling pins? I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, it was the first time we'd ever seen that. All the bowling pins shaped uh, beer bottles. This is the greatest place ever. I'm going to live at Pizza Bowl. So that's, uh, I guess we'll link up that. So That's funny. That, wow, that journal entry has 12 comments. It's <laughs> weird how much our site has grown since then. Yeah, for sure. God, and, a pl- and a plus 10 on it. I guess that was back when... It's not going to have 12 comments for long. I, well, I guess that... Yeah, right. Yeah, better lock, tank, it, better lock it while you can. The, uh, <laughs> uh, man, that's one of my biggest pet peeves on the site, is when people go back to our old journal entries and just start making comments. I shouldn't even say that. Now they're going to do yeah. that. Yeah, no, you're going You're going to get a smiley face on 400 fucking journals now. <laughs> I can see the final score of our game. You well, won 99 to 81. Why does Gus say one? Like, one? I don't know. That don't... comes out every now and then. You, uh-huh. you say two words strangely. You say one, like Juan, and you also say ring. Ring. <laughs> Instead of ring, you say ring. When do I do that? <laughs> you also, I think you I think we've about? broken you of it, but you also used to say Chicago really yeah, I'm very conscious about the way I say that now because I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Ferris Bueller take place, Gus? Chicago. Actually, it was a fictitious town, wasn't it? Just outside. Boy, Jack, you almost got him there. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see that coming. Way to blindside him. (laughs) No, it was close. Man, I can't can't (sighs) believe you only had 12 comments on that journal. That must have been like two months after the community site launched. I think we launched it in late October of 04. Is that right? I thought we launched it in September. I thought we launched it in September as well. September was like... The beta closed off just for us. Hmm. I think we officially like sent out invites for forum users. 
Oh, no, you might be right. Like a September, at the end of September, like September 30th. Yeah. We opened it for the public October uh, 3rd. I'm going I'm to maybe kill your, your memory of this, but I don't think our beta testing period was that robust. I think it was like, <laughs> does this work? Does that button work? Yeah, just turn it on. Let's go. <laughs> and then it probably crashed. That was fun. Good times. For like a week, and then it, it came back. It did. It's always funny when you look at like, – there's one thing that the internet is such a dynamic environment – one thing that the internet resists more than anything else, though, is change. The internet does not like change. And I remember when we went from that PHBBB forum to the community site, people were like, what the fuck is this thing? Get rid of this. This thing is terrible. What do you mean pictures? We're going to make journals? No, no, no. Did we, this is we, You guys have forums. That's what you guys do. And remember that? Yeah. yeah and it was people, just like people hated, hated it. it. People hated it. And now it's like 890,000 subscribers to it, you know? And I couldn't imagine... Red versus Blue Rashid without the community site. It's I, feel, I feel like it's really, you know, helped not only bring us closer in touch with people who watch the shows, but it's also, like, made, like, this little cliques of people all around the world. Like, you know, there's the RVBTO crew who, like, always meet up. Yep. There's, like, the Can West people, and there's people, like, in Australia, New Zealand, like, all over the, all over the world. RVB Minnesota. RVB Chicago. RVB, RVB Philly. <laughs> I even hear that they're trying to organize, like, a RVB California to go on, like, in San Diego, like, right around the same time as Comic-Con. You and I went to an RVB uh, South Carolina once. Yep. yep. That was that night we thought the, the plane was going to crash. Yeah. <laughs> there was a comic about that. Yeah, there was. Are we ever going to do an RVB, like, TX or anything? We're, we do every day right here. You're <laughs> right, right at it. It's a fucking exclusive club. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank get, you. Get cracking on that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> a li- live, you know, any kind of live event or convention or something like that. We've talked about it before, but, you know, and Austin's a cool place to come to. I mean, it it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a fun place to visit. Um, and we should, shit, we sure, I mean, talk about it enough on the podcast. Everyone would know where to eat when they come here. <laughs> I based hope on so. Jeff and Gus. You know, Count3D has a list now. <laughs> yeah. Of all the places you've mentioned? Of all the, yeah, all the places he wants to go to based on what we've talked about. And, like, whenever he comes to town, like, he crosses stuff off and tries to go to all the places he can. I hope Gordo's is at the top of the fucking list. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you guys? Oh, you we, guys went, went we went there last week. Yeah. Based on the podcast, I think. And what'd you eat? Uh, I had the flying pig, which was a giant donut with like five strips of bacon on top of it, and then dipped in like maple syrup. Ugh. I had the mother clucker, which was a giant donut covered in fried chicken strips and with honey butter. And I had, I had the PB and J, which is a donut with peanut butter icing, jelly, and then peanut butter chips, like chocolate chips with peanut butter. Oh, so good. It was simultaneously the best and worst thing I, I'd ever eaten in my entire life as I was eating it. Those people are going to hell that make that. They right? are. They are. And it's going to be delicious. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fucked up. Like, we got there and, you know, we were, I was ordering and I thought, is one donut going to be enough for me? Should I order two donuts? <laughs> Fuck, this, I couldn't finish one. Yeah, this seems like this seems like this isn't going to work. It's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just order one donut. And then if I want another one, I'll eat, order another one. I, I almost finished that one donut. The fu- close. The funniest thing about that place is that there's three facilities right there like in kind of like a horseshoe there's mm-hmm. a coffee shop gordo's and then in the back was a farm to fresh healthy food place that was not open that was closed down. i <laughs> cannot imagine that they get great business sitting next to the gordo's it's like a little uh little uh, a couple of trailers essentially and just like yeah. a lot it seems like there's a couple of uh areas like that around austin like there's the south first trailer park yeah, and that soco has mm-hmm. one now yeah you know we do this thing now when we're working late during crunch time the easiest thing for us to get in the middle of downtown at night, unfortunately, is Domino's Pizza. And they have these – they're called lava cakes, chocolate lava oh, cakes. Oh, yeah. I know the lava cake. <laughs> and it's always this kind of theatrics that we go through 
when we ordered the pizza. Do we need the pizza because it's two in the morning? We have to get something. And it's always like people feel the obligation to say, "Oh, hey, they have those cakes too." Do you know? They always want a cake, you know? And nobody orders it. It's somehow they always get ordered. Like they're not for anybody. They just show up. And then Brandon eats it and goes into a coma. In the <laughs> a couple of years ago, I saw this guy. You know, uh, I spend a lot of time working at the Colo, and it's just a bunch of, you know, servers with no interface, just like all command line, all text-based things. And I saw this guy wrote a Unix shell script you can run at command line that interfaces with Domino's web pizza ordering system. So you can run this command at command line and specify, like, all the little flags you want, and it'll order pizza from Domino's for you at your Colo. Really? Yeah. Like you like you do like slash P or dash P if you want pepperoni and then like specify the size and everything. You have to write like a config file with your address and your phone number. It's really, really weird. Or you should just pick up the phone. <laughs> have you ever used it? No, I've never used it. Oh hey, this reminds me, uh while we're on the subject of Austin eateries, there's a new uh trailer over by Kebabalicious and Chilantro that uh-huh. has like a bunch of surfboards and stuff on it, and I think they sell burgers or something. We should go run over for lunch and grab it and bring food back. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. What's it called, do you know? I don't remember. It was a cool name though. It looked like a good place. Right, I'll put it in the link dump since All we're right. gonna go today. <laughs> what do you look at? I'm just looking at you. I'm just looking at you. I'm just like All right, we were just talking about the food section of the podcast. Should yeah, we talk about on. the credit card? <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Should we talk about that? They, how, don't, they how, don't take credit card at those places. How was my, how was my email received after I sent that? Well, I, I don't know why you waited to I didn't get that it. email. No, I didn't send right. it. I didn't send you. Do you, you don't have a credit card? Right. I come to credit card. How do you know? Do you? <laughs> you should love those trailers because they don't take credit card there. I love those trailers because they don't take credit <laughs> Cash card. Cash money. Somehow, somehow, lunch expenditures got to, reached a fever pitch. <laughs> On our credit card statement. It's everyone talking about food in the podcast and listening. I had to send out an email to everybody going, you know, part of part of compensation is not a free lunch every single day. I'm pretty sure it's 100% Joel's fault. We're not going to name names. <laughs> I'm not going to name names of people who you just named. But <laughs> <laughs> some people some people had up to 75% of their overall purchases were food purchases. Well, someone has to keep bikinis in business. And I don't see you doing it, Bernie. You know, there's only 22 working days in a month. <laughs> and if between the three of you guys, there's 60 purchases for food in a month. I find that questionable. Something's going on. Like, I think there's some kind of, like, carbohydrate Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So, it's it's paper sacks for the next few months, I think. Hey, hand me my coffee, will you? Sure, I love eating paper sacks. And I got, I got a coffee. Are we getting a coffee machine at the new office? We are, we are getting a coffee machine at this office. Uh, this office. Part of my promise. Of Fucking ooh. score. See, that's, my way, that's my way to remind you. Hey, let's go buy a coffee machine. I got ousted as mayor of bikinis, by the way. Are you? On Foursquare. Are you still doing Foursquare? No. That uh, that was the final thing. I, I, I deleted it from my phone. Once you got ousted as the mayor, you yeah. just couldn't take it anymore? I got ousted from like Peter Pan Mini Golf and like, uh, not Stubbs, uh, Green Mesquite. And I was like, all right. And then bikini was the final straw. Until you deleted Foursquare? Yep. That was a fad that died very quickly for Dude, me. Dude, I, I, I mentioned that in a Twitter post. Those guys were offered $100 million to buy Foursquare, and they turned it down. Really? Who offered that? I don't know. Okay. And they turned it down, and that fad is almost dead. And I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to get... I don't know. I, I hear a lot about Foursquare and Gowalla and how many users they have when, and all that stuff. When the Jersey Shore cast signed up on Foursquare, and that was like a big deal MTV was promoting, it was like, yep, this is about to die. That, that or blow sound up. like it's about to D- die, die I mean, at that all. Sounds yeah. like it's about to explode. I just yeah. read an article about how how big of a deal Foursquare was on the front page of CNN.com like last week. If anything, it's probably bigger than ever. Yeah. Uh, Twitter recently know. did a, some kind of update where they have better Foursquare integration now. Oh, that's cool. No, not that cool. No, <laughs> not that cool. I have one person I follow. 
that they literally check in at their home every time they show up at home. And on the weekends, they check in. And that's going to make me stop following that person. So you know when to rob them. That's a good point. Yeah, no kidding. Foursquare, you never check in when you leave. You know. Weren't you trying to become mayor of your neighbor's house, Bernie? Oh, yeah. Some guy <laughs> some guy near me. But then, you know. I, I, I think I was the first person to leave Foursquare. Uh, I think you were, yeah. You were the first yeah. person to install it, weren't you? I was. Because I'd heard about it. Um, I forget where. Somebody I follow. Like, I think it's one of the college humor people that I follow on uh, Twitter. They They were talking about it a lot. And then... I, I signed up for it, and it seemed cool at first, but it's just it, you, it wears off quickly because you really see the end of it, or I guess the lack of an end of it, yeah. very quickly. Where it's like, oh, this is it? Okay, well, I'm out of here. Although, I have to say, it's the only app and the only social media thing that I've ever think, seen where it made me get in contact with someone in person because it said so-and-so is here, you mm-hmm. know this person, mm-hmm. they're here, and I... Contact them, somebody we used to work with. Actually, that's uh, Gus. I met up with you at the sh- Chicago airport. <laughs> yes, the Chicago airport. Yeah, we were Joel and I were flying back from Canada from a trip, and I was, was flying back you were from flying, Canada. Flying back from a different part of Canada, and we both landed at the same time and checked in on Four Square, and we we're like, "Oh, hey, are you here?" Yeah, that was the night Let's of go the, watch uh, the UT game. Yeah, that was a Big Twelve championship game. It was wow. that night? Speaking of Canada, you're going to Canada this weekend, right? I'm going on Saturday. Yeah, going up to Vancouver to go check out more Skate Three. Cool. So hopefully I'll have some good stuff from that, and I'm I think I might be bringing back a copy for us. We'll see. That'd be awesome. When, yeah, that, when does that game come out? Uh, May seventeenth, I think. We have the we have the board right there. That says that's April. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're currently done. in April. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I hate you guys. All right, skate three coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That was a, I met that dude at uh, Pax East. The the guy who's one of the main developers for it. He's a really cool dude. Cuz is that his name? Cuz yeah. Just a really cool guy. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah, you know? Just kind of a really relaxed dude. Cuz Perry. Is he a skater? Yeah. Yeah. Really, like, really personable. I hate to say it, but a lot of developers aren't really the most personable people in the world. That's just, the, I guess, the nature of the business sure. industry. Am I putting my foot in my mouth by saying no, that? No, not at all. This guy was just super laid back, very cool guy. And, uh, I don't know, I got nothing to say there. <laughs> Hope to see you again soon. Yeah, he's in the uh, the Skate 3 thing I did for PAX East. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, Cuz Perry is his name, and he's been in all three skate games, or yeah, all three skate games. He's in this one. So. I think we just like people that it seems like we'd we'd meet in Austin. Like we always like that Scott Campbell dude. Absolutely, <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, somebody said we should make a math is the worst t shirt. <laughs> oh man, that's the worst. That's the worst. I don't know if you could ever say it with that. Like, that's like make a t shirt yeah. with that kind of inflection on it, though. You just got you just got to meet that guy. Oh man, fifty plus twenty <laughs> plus five is oh man. <laughs> Dude. What's going on? <laughs> the smoke coming out of his ears. <laughs> He's a calculator, but I gotta tell you, I, I have I made a technology purchase that's really just embarrassing the shit out of me. It's just it's really sad. Uh oh. So I went and bought this watch, this Casio watch. I like digital watches. I like the idea that I, I might fall, I think I'm gonna fall out of a plane. Let, one day. Let's see. I've never seen it. It's right here. See this big ass watch. It it's, looks nice. It's got an altimeter on it. It's yeah. got a compass on it. Good things to have just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you fall out a plane, you're wearing, you know. You, you can calculate how fast you're falling you and how long you have to live. Now, yeah. You know what I mean? If you wake up and it's lost and you know, you know, I'll know what direction's what. You know? There you go. There you go. And uh, it's very cool except for one thing. It's solar powered, which also seemed very cool because I'll never have to get batteries for this watch or anything for the rest of my life. Here's what this watch has taught me. I don't go in the sun <laughs> because I don't, I don't spend enough time in light to power my watch <laughs> it tells me all the time it's on low battery and then the time disappears and i have to push a button to see the time because it's in this low power mode so i literally 
put my my watch under a lamp at night to give it enough light to yeah you work. should you Does should get work? a watch that's like <laughs> yes. LCD powered it's so sad that's so sad right that's pretty sad Ugh. man it's that's, not good that's rough how, how, so I guess what do you do outside you essentially walk to and from your truck from the parking <laughs> garage to the building. Yeah, pretty much. Is that the extent of it? I've even I mean, I mean, walking back to the truck, it might already be dark by then. It might be, yeah, and I'm, yeah, it might be dark when I go out, at, yeah, at that time. And then I, I, when I on the weekends, you guys were talking about gardening and stuff last time. Gardening's a fucking bomb. And uh, I've discovered mulching, by the way. I do yard work. I don't do gardening. I don't call it gardening. But uh, that's that's about the only time to watch. Is like mm, it's like happy. a fish being put in clean water. <laughs> it's like so happy and bright and sunshiny, but. That's been a, kind of a wake-up call for me, is that this watch, it's almost like a death alarm on me, you know? It's like, help me! Man, I had to set out some uh, some dishes with beer last night to try to fucking deal with the snail problem we have. You know what else helps with that? Coffee grounds. I, I heard that that's kind of an urban legend. Wait, wait, really? It's supposed to help. Yeah. Dishes with beer? Yeah, apparently you can put, like, a, a dish out and fill it with beer and, like, bury it so that it's, like, right at ground level. Doesn't and that attract hobos? <laughs> it attracts <laughs> snails and they fall in and, uh, and drown. Yeah, but, and the hobos eat the snails. That's how you get rid of it. <laughs> hobos love escargot. <laughs> Fancy hobos. We have a very classy hobo scene in Austin. I would just say that. Like, I put out the dishes of beer and I woke up and I had no snails, but Jeff was sleeping in my fucking <laughs> <laughs> But I, I look. I checked on them this morning before I came to work. Zero snails. Really? really? So the di- the beer dishes work? <laughs> no, there were zero snails in the dishes. Oh, I, I, got... I, there were there were snails all around the dish. We so got a serious fucking, fucking snail plants. problem this year, man. It's ridiculous. You got snails at your house? What's that? You got snails at your house? No, I got a bean bear chag. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I have no snails at my house. I, I have like no that. beef with snails. I hate you know. I, I I wanted to let them be, but they just. Multiplying like crazy. Yeah, they they'll fuck your stuff up, dude. Yeah, they're eating everything. I got a dog that digs holes in my yard <laughs> that I'm about to kill. If it digs one, if that dog digs one more hole in my yard. I think I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Is it your dog? Yeah, it's my dog. Okay. It's my dog. So your dog's gonna dig his own grave. Charlie. <laughs> she. So she. Ha- have you doubled up on the number of dogs Jeff's ever owned? Jeff has ever owned yet? Um, you got to be in close. No, I don't think so, because he went through a good run there for a while. And I've had this dog a long time. I think Jeff's topped out at six I had or three, seven. I had three dogs. I've had three dogs. I've had I've had six. Yeah. You've had more than three. I had four. I forgot about the bulldog. Yeah, because you had the bulldog. You had Zazu. <laughs> the dog that ate a couch. <laughs> the dog that ate a, I had a pointer that ate a couch. <laughs> ate an entire couch while I was at work one day. There was it just tore the, it tore an entire couch to pieces. There was I found parts of that couch for years. After that dog. <laughs> you had to move out of that house. It was it was destroyed by the by the couch. I find like pieces of couch in a pocket of like a jacket. <laughs> like years later, like what is this? It's like oh, that's the couch that Zazu ripped apart. And then I had uh, Georgie the bulldog, which was just too rough with our kids, and we found somebody who really loved bulldogs that took her. Uh, and then we had Muddy. Yep. Who. Uh, when we moved, for, I kind of lived in the country for a while when we first started Reverse Blue, and then I moved into Austin. And that dog was the greatest dog ever. But as soon as we got it around other kids, that was kind of a nightmare because it would bark and snap at other kids. That's the last thing you want when you're in a neighborhood like what we live yeah. in, you know, yeah. with a bunch of small kids around. And that, that got to be a real problem. Like we were trying to figure out what to do with old Muddy. And then uh, now we have Charlie, who is a great dog. She's just so strange, and she's huge. I like big dogs. She's yeah. This is the giant dog, right? That's the size of a couch, and just literally just doesn't move all day. Hopefully, if, Zazu doesn't get around Charlie. Yeah, no, no. But you remember, uh, if you guys have ever ever seen a Chevy Chase Funny Farm, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yellow yeah. dog that like lays its tail in the fire, and, and that's that dog. Okay. That dog does not move for anything. I love it. That's awesome. Except when it digs. I don't know when it digs, but it digs. So. What's it looking for, you think? I don't Gold. know. It's probably trying to dig up saints. Like <laughs> demonic wards so, so, that somebody buried there when they fixed the sprinkler. Still no devil trouble at your, trouble at your house? No, I'm st- doing okay so far. For now. For now. We'll see. My uh, my house usually uh, has its haunting haunted periods in the fall, like in October, mm, November. Like Halloween December. time. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. So did anybody buy... Well, you did, right? You bought Avatar uh, on Blu-ray, right, Bernie? I bought Avatar on Blu-ray, and it came with a DVD as well. That's great. I read that it's, I guess, no, I mean, that's, I, I like it when they do that, because you, you can get the best of both worlds. But, uh, I felt like he was making fun of me for a second. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I read that Avatar is the highest selling Blu-ray ever. By by far. You think that'll be like the Matrix of Blu-rays? Like, as Matrix well, was the DVDs? I think it is. It sold a million and a half copies on the first day. I'm curious to see if it's the Matrix for 3D TVs when the 3D version comes out next year. Uh, it could be. I mean, I a know. lot of stuff could bank on Avatar for a long time, I think. Yeah, I've read an article talking about how the success of Avatar and Blu-ray may not bode well for 3D because people may just be interested in the Blu-ray version yeah. and then not want to rebuy it and aren't interested in the 3D upgrade at home. If I were James Cameron, I would try to keep this rolling and just make all kinds of wacky shit just so, like, I would be like Avatar cereal, the high, fastest selling cereal of all time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Make like the, the Avatar Pontiac. No, I, I read a stat that it was like, uh... Avatars. It, it, took, <laughs> it took Avatar four days to outsell Dark Knight, which was the previous high selling best, uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, it sold 600,000. So it sold more yeah. copies in total than Dark Knight has sold? Yeah, yeah, in four days. Yeah, that's a big deal. And that was the, the old one. That took like 16 months to get to that point. I really don't want to make Blu-rays of Red versus Blue. I was kind of hoping everything would move over to digital, you know? And we wouldn't have to go through and make, you know, additional... Really? Even, even after you've seen what we've done with, like, the Draft House and stuff and how no, Blu-ray I, looks? No, the, the resolution's great, but we yeah, can we deliver... Digital delivery. Digital delivery, yeah. you know? And uh, so now it's something that we're, you know... I don't think we should do it. I don't think we should do it either. Really? No, well, I, mean, I also think of all those CD trees we'd be saving in the Amazon rainforest. Come on. I think. I mean, do people really? Want, do people I don't really like physical, physical media. media. I don't. I don't think our audience does. I really don't. Maybe we. I don't know. We have. There's, there's, there's got to be some kind of way. We, no, but whenever we ask people what they would prefer, what they would buy, they end up answering it and they're not buying anything. So yeah, that's no, very true. No point in asking. Well, you got to have something to sell at cons, right? What's that? You have to have something to sell at cons. You can sell, right? like, download codes. Yeah, here you go. Don't lose it. Reminds <laughs> me of those guys that we meet at all the conventions. They uh, they sell that animation software, and uh, they went to the convention in Amsterdam and forgot all of their software. So they, had, they were trying to sell people stuff they didn't have. They Well, they had the box. There was just nothing in the box, right? So they sold boxes. They sold boxes and told people to give them their email address, and they would send them, uh, they would send them the disc later when they got back to America. Jesus. That's the kind of fuck-up that can happen in a place like Amsterdam, I think. Those guys, last year at Comic-Con, I ran into them. Those One, that, one of those same guys who lost everything in Amsterdam, I, I ran into him at Comic-Con, and he said that he looked terrible. He looked like he was super hungover at Comic-Con, and I said, you know, what happened? He goes, I got really drunk last night, and I left our cash register in the back of a taxi, <laughs> along with my backpack with a bunch of software and our credit card processing terminal, too. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, how are you still employed? <laughs> Did he, did he get it back? No, he never got it back. Wow. 
Wow, that is crazy. That's everything. That's everything. Like, what did he pick up? They, they still had one cash register. I guess the other guy working there had and some of the money, but he had lost most of it. Also, the boss's baby left it. Well, it seems, it seems like that's enough things in one cab where you'd have to make multiple trips to load the cab, and then you just say, fuck it, and get out of the cab with nothing. Like, nothing at all. <laughs> That story makes me want to get drunk. <laughs> and, and, those, and that guy always has a cooler in his booth with lots of beer. Yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah, we moved offices, but we forgot to bring our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so the desks are still at the old place. Fuck it. We'll just buy any desks. <laughs> we didn't think about that. So but, what, are you guys, uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Are you guys lo- really looking forward to Red Dead Redemption? That's the yep. that's the one on my radar. Red Dead and Alan Wake, probably. So when does Red Dead come out? We keep uh, asking this question. We're never prepared to end, end of May? I don't know. The calendar doesn't turn, apparently. Do you want me to get up and watch? Uh, hold on a second, Jack. Let me help you out. Also, look when Alan Wake comes out, because that was going to be my next question. What is Alan Wake? Is that just kind of like a thriller video game? Seems like it. Yeah. Right? I, I saw the, I saw the demo at X10, and I still can't give you an accurate description of what exactly it is. I'm going to give you my description based on just little things I've picked up. And I know what's wrong. Alan Wake is a school teacher. And there's something to do with scary ghosts that only appear in headlights of cars. <laughs> I think he's a. I think he's actually a writer. Yeah, he's a, writer. He's a novelist. Okay. Uh, May eleventh. So I, I was correct. May eleventh is Skate Three. Okay, going back to that one, and then May eighteenth is Red Dead and Alan Wake and Prince of Persia. Oh Jesus! On the same Christ. day. I think Alan Wake's really the only one I'm. Looking and I think to. Split Second comes out on that day, or Blur, <laughs> one of those games. So four AAA titles in a single. I day. think it's more than that. Hold on, let me consult the calendar. I remember in my journal, we were talking about the community site earlier. We were doing a funny game in my one of my journals where you take something like Gus. What is the most popular thing that people watch and talk about, but you have never seen a single iteration of a TV show or one of the movies? I don't know, like Desperate Housewives or Grey's Anatomy or something like have that. Have you ever seen a single Desperate no, Housewives? No. So tell us what Desperate Housewives is about, because you've. It's four horny women who live on a cul-de-sac and who backstab each other and try to sleep with everyone they can. Right? Okay. Right. I, I, so I don't know. Right. Sounds pretty close. Like, I was doing 24. Like, you try to describe – the game was try to describe something in excruciating detail that you've never seen before, but you've just picked up from, like, people talking about it or all that stuff. And mine was 24. Like Burn Notice? Like Burn Notice would be a good <laughs> example. Show. And it was funny to see people's – like, especially when you're extremely familiar with something – and seeing someone else describe it. I had my wife do Halo. Like, try to describe <laughs> the story of Halo. And it was horrible. Really horrible. It reminds me of an old thing you wrote back in the Drunk Gamers days where you wrote about the Soldier of Fortune demo. Yes. But you inter- interviewed your wife and asked her what she thought about the game. Uh, well, I, I said I was too lazy to write the thing, so my wife was in the room when I was playing the game, so I just thought I'll get my wife's impression of the game from a side spectator view. And it was pretty funny. Uh, my favorite line in that I think was, uh, "What do you think GG means?" Everyone always, she's like, "Everyone always saying that." I don't know. Is it like take that G? She's like, "Is it a gangster <laughs> thing?" <The> gangster thing. <laughs> like take that G. And I said, "No, it's a good game." And then she thought, she said, uh, "So you guys yell and scream at each other and shoot each other." And then at the end, everybody says, "Good game." I go, "Yeah." She goes, "That's so cute." <laughs> I said, "No, it's not not cute at all." How many times have you written in a game or said in a post game lobby, said, "Good game, everybody." When you are seething mad, you're like, yeah, good oh, game. I never say that. I never have said good game, I don't think. I say it all the time. The fat, the, the, the angriest move I do in any video game is in post-game lobby. 
of Halo or you know Halo Three was like good game B button. <laughs> like, yeah. Immediately like good game everybody. <laughs> so you're not recorded. <laughs> I, I'm the guy going you motherfucker. <laughs> you don't end up the next YouTube sensation. No, I've been at parties with you when it, like you were the party leader and you said that it'd be like we were playing like team battle or something. Then he was like all right good game. Then he back out. It's like those fucking assholes. <laughs> Just immediately destroy him. <laughs> like you just immediately. Post game lobby used to be a lot more fun before people started recording stuff because it would be like you come into the post game lobby and like you can hear people starting the shit talk when it's fading in. Like, oh, hey yeah. motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> hey champion, why don't you camp that fucking sniper rifle a little more, you fucking bitch? <laughs> I, you know, I like that. Did you see that part of Reach? Is that you can. There's a social component now to matchmaking where you can specify, I'm a chatty player, so I want to get matched up with other chatty players. Oh, my Are you God. serious? Yeah. That's crazy. Or I don't want people to talk. I don't want my team to talk. I don't want to have, you know, so that's a component of matchmaking now. That's pretty fucking cool. I believe that is in the Carnage Carnival Vidoc. Can you, uh... Very cool. Can you specify, like, I'm not going to be wearing a mic, I only want to be playing with people that don't wear mics? I hope so. Yeah, because I, so, I never put my head So what happens, yeah. what happens when you, like, requ- like specify you don't want talkers, and there's, like, one guy blabbering the whole time? Can you flag him? Probably. I think you just mute him. That's what, they always have that ability. They've added to Halo 3. The ability yeah, you just make him, uh... You can, you've, already, you've always been able to flag him. Do yeah. You know, do yeah. not prefer this player. But, I mean, like, if, if he keeps, you know, if he's spamming the non-talking, like, groups, and then he's just talking the whole time... I don't know. I okay. you know if I know, it's a cool idea though. Hopefully, you know. You sound fucking negative, Jack. God. You know, Halo, well, Halo I think has like the best shit talking, you know, in the game and post lobby. It's really good. <laughs> There's some really funny witty people out there, you know. I mean, it's pretty blue stuff, but it's surprising how funny people can be. Uh this isn't Halo, uh, but I recently I was playing a game of Modern Warfare 2 and uh, at the end of the game there was like a little kid in the, you know, their version of the post game lobby. And he was screaming, like, you stole my drop! You stole my drop! That was my drop! I called it and you stole it! And I heard, like, this real deep voice go, bitch, wait for your balls to drop. (laughs) 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 And I lost it. I just started laughing. They always talk about, for some reason on Halo, they always talk about frat boys that play it. It seems like everybody that I run into on a post-game lobby sounds like a dude sitting in the middle of rural Nebraska playing the game. Those are the guys that I always hear the most on it. It's just like... And and they're some of the funniest guys on the planet. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like a, if you ever play Gra Two, you will not play with somebody who doesn't have a southern accent. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's really weird. It's like a lot of French dudes and people with southern accents. Yeah, that's the other thing too is that you don't really run into it a lot, but there are games as they start to go further and further in the life cycle where you just start running into people that your your entire team speaks Spanish, your entire team speaks French. Yeah. And, you know, when a game's at a height of its popularity and there's tons of matches being made, you don't really run into that a lot, but you kind of... If the game falls into, like, its niche. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, during the during the Friends of Family beta of uh, Halo 3, I bumped into, like, a French squad. And it was really, really strange. I was like, all right, have fun, guys. I'm going to be driving around the mongoose. They got the game hot off the presses. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. What you guys are talking about is there was the... Was it Halo 2? Was yeah. it both? Was it Halo 2 and Halo 3? I, was it Halo 3 as well? I know it was Halo 2. I don't know, man, but somebody walked off the manufacturing line like three weeks early with a copy of Halo 2 for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh, wow. Halo 3. I don't think they publicized the Halo 3 one very much. God, what a, just, what do you get out of that? You know what I mean? Out of doing that and then puts it online and 
you know, people, I guess, download it. You get to maybe go to jail. They're hack boxes. Speaking of going to jail, Gizmodo. Oh, yeah, what's going on with that? I don't know. I just saw the initial story. I haven't seen anything since. What do you think about that? They pulled, so they pulled all of Jason Chin's computers from his house, right? Yeah. That's nuts. While he wasn't home. And the warrant said that they were suspected in, uh, in being, uh, used in the, the process of committing a felony. Yeah, that's, that's pretty Ooh. serious verbiage. Felony does not mean jail time. No. Doesn't. You're right. But then the lawyer was saying that, like, then uh, Gizmodo's lawyer was saying that he's a journalist, and journalists have, like, you can't okay. take a computer. I'm glad you brought this up. But, but yeah, but then it's also been said that bloggers are not journalists, or, like, like it's been a, like a precedent well, has been set or something. Bloggers, I don't know. Bloggers are considered journalists in California, but here's my beef with that okay. argument. Okay, Um Gizmodo, like, throughout the, the, fir- the front half of this story and this problem... Gizmodo said, oh, we're not bound by journalism school ethics. We're not journalists. You know, we have only one duty, and that's, you know, to serve the readers. And then as soon as they get in trouble, they're like, oh, we're journalists. We're journalists. You know, we get the same constitutional protection. Yeah. But it's bullshit. Journalists are somewhat protected, but if they still use, you know, the equipment in the commission of a crime, it's still liable. You know, it's still subject to search warrants. Yeah. I think what they're saying is the police should have issued a subpoena and then... Gawker should have then gone through the process with them of determining what was and what was not journalist equipment. Yeah. <clears throat> Still pretty intense. Like if if I came home and my door was kicked in and all my computers were being taken away, I would I'd be kind of shocked. If but... I'd stolen an iPhone 4G and made a video and posted it on the internet, I'd expect Yeah, it. yeah, it's, that is also very true. Yeah. I I I got to say I agree with Jack on this because it's it it is bad and it, we were, I was clearly last week talked about Gizmodo and Made my thoughts known on that, but getting your door kicked in and your stuff rifled through and your computer seized, that is a different level. You know what I mean? Or the guy could potentially go to jail. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a phone. You know what I mean? It is a, It is just a thing that people make and buy. You know what I mean? It is still like – but it is still stolen property that's had millions of dollars of R&D poured yeah. into it. And lots of people's jobs. Right. And they completely fucked that guy over by putting his personal details online. But they still yeah. they still blurred out Jason Chen's personal details. I, that, yeah. is, that is – so so hypocritical that they did that. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I, I have no sympathy for for this. I'm I, good. I hope they burn his stuff and he never gets it back. I well, I, I hear you. I, I mean, I'm in the camp of yeah. Let's see Gizmodo go out of business and nobody ever goes to their site again for being jackasses. But people going to jail, you know. I mean, I think there's bigger things. You know, I mean, people going to jail. You know, seriously, millions of dollars. So yeah, millions I know. of dollars. No, I know. Well, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Yeah. Billion who would go to jail? Would it, I mean, would it be the person who gave the $5,000 to purchase they, it? They, they, hey, dude, that guy's the story in this. Where's that guy? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. They're still trying to figure all that stuff out, like who the charges would be leveled against. Yeah. What I mean, charges specifically. So, I mean, Dateline, Mexico. <laughs> I, think, I think I agree with Bernie, though. It's enough to ruin that career and that website. There are more important people. Our jails are over, overcrowded as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's save jails for actual violent criminals. <laughs> let's save jails not, for people the one, one, you know, marijuana. Want a cigarette? Well, not right. not even just not even just our jails, but our police officers that investigate things are right. you know I'm sure there's more important cases. It's a pretty clear cut, and they've got four guys at Jason Chen's house. Yeah, you know it's like do we do the do we do the meth lab or the nerd? Well, these these yeah. were also like the nerd police. It was like the React task force. These weren't the people who go like on yeah. zero grades. How this do you like do that? How, crimes task force. how do you make a legal task force and give it a dumb acronym like that? Like you said, React team. It's the right. rapid. Something enforcement and control team, team? something something like that. I don't and know. somebody had to sit down and come up with that. You know, that's just we don't need that. We just don't need that. 
I, I, I agree with you that police resources, you know, might be better allocated for something more serious. But in this case, you know, these aren't the guys who are going to be out there, you know, kicking down murderers' doors. Sure. It's like us with badges. <laughs> I like the sound of that. No sounds like, this sounds like a short right there. <laughs> I would like to see real justice in America. I'd like to see a judge who just goes, okay, Steve Jobs, one free punch. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere you want to hit the guy, one free punch. And I, honestly, I'd want him sit, see him hit Brian Lamb and not this Jason. I don't even know who Jason Chapman is. He was the guy in the video. Yeah, I want to see Brian Lamb take the punch. It's like uh, the episode of The Simpsons in Australia where they, the they have the boot. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know Steve Jobs would make like some kind of cybernetic power arm. <laughs> Give him an eye punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me bring him out on stage like during the during the next. Uh... I, by the way, speaking of which, what is that developers conference called? WWDC or Worldwide yeah. Developers Conference. Worldwide Developers Conference. I have a tiny hairline crack in my glass on my iPhone, and it's making its way up across the rest of the phone. So I'm like, I'm, this, I'm waiting this out can now. You, can you call like those car windshield repair places yeah. to come in and put the epoxy on it? <laughs> you know, you can. That's one of the complaints about the new, <laughs> we're actually talking about Gizmodo information now. The new iPhone is apparently they can't replace the glass. And you can actually call people now to replace the glass in the screen. Is that serious? Yeah. It's, a, wow. it's an actual business that people have online. I see it advertised in the newspaper. Doesn't void your warranty or anything? I'm pretty sure it does, but I mean, I think if people have a $600 cracked iPhone yeah. and they're going to these people, it's because AT&T said, oh, no, that's not normal wear and tear. So You, you ha- use that thing for phone calls. <laughs> Who you, does that? You have Twitter. a cracked 3GS. Didn't you also break your 3G before this? I did. I dropped it and shattered it. I cut the shit out of my hand, too. I think I had a lawsuit. You don't <laughs> think these things have, like, lead in them or anything like that, right? Only a little. A little palladium. It's full of mercury. <laughs> full of mercury. But, uh, yeah, so then I, I cracked this one, too. I think I cracked this one by sitting on it. That's another, you know. Yeah. Do you keep it in your back pocket? I keep it in some pockets. You know? I keep my That's back yes. pocket sometimes. Okay. I usually keep it in my jacket pocket, but we're out of jacket weather. The two months we're able to wear a jacket in Austin have now passed, and we're into scorching you should, hot You keep it in the breast pocket right there in your shirt. I yeah, bet it would look sporting. That'd be cool. A little pocket protector. That'd be cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm going to wait it out and try to buy one of the new phones. I saw I saw the new version on a website, and it looked great. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how interesting do you think the next... Uh, Apple conference is going to be, or the next, you know, when they when they release the 4G or whatever, or the 4th gen. Well, shit, they got to come up with something else to release along with it now. I mean, what are they going to say? I mean, how how are they going to preface that? It's got to be interesting. They'll bring Jason Chen out on on stage <laughs> and publicly execute him. He's like King Kong. He's chained <laughs> up. He's roll him out. How ironic would this whole thing be if Jason Chen gets sentenced, goes to prison, and somebody jailbreaks him? <laughs> 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 That'd be the best end of the story of all time. Oh man! Guess I see you looking at a floppy disk. I think I know what what you oh, yeah. going on over there. Oh yeah, I don't know. Did you hear about this? That I yeah, guess I Sony is going to stop making three point five inch diskettes. Yep, that's sad. They are the largest manufacturer of them, and then by I guess March twenty eleven, they're phasing them out. And apparently, they still sell. They, you know, who was quoted in the article that I read was verbatim, and they talk about selling hundreds of thousands of units. A month in the U.S. still, and millions a month in Europe. Really? And people don't know where they're going yeah, or I what see, people are using Like the for. article I'm reading here has Japanese sales figures, and they said that diskette sales peaked in 2002. They sold 47 million discs that year, and in fiscal 2009, they sold 12 million diskettes. That's 12 a, million in Japan? Yeah. In Japan. What the fuck? Still a big business, and they're, they're turning them off. What? Who? What? Do you know? I also read a thing that said Sony's best-selling peripheral is the USB floppy drive, the three and a half inch drive. 
Really? Yep. It's crazy. And they talked about something which I'm always fascinated by, which is why is it called a floppy disk? And that's a holdover from the five and a quarter yeah, floppies. Of sure. Yeah, but it's one of those things where people who didn't use five and a quarter floppies don't know that. So you wonder uh, why is something called what it's called? Like we talk about yeah. Madden. The football game is called Madden. And when John Madden's dead for 10 years someday, people are going to be like, why the fuck is this game called Madden? Yeah. And what, we, what were we talking about last night? There was something else like that where it had a name and nobody knew why it was called what it's called. Uh, that was on the preview. That was on the other side of bowling. And then the Madden thing came up. But it's like an issue where something can take on a meaning that people don't realize. It's almost like your iPhone. It does so many things. Like I never think of my iPhone as like something that makes or receives calls. Mm-hmm. It's like I do so many other things with it. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I got this phone thing too. Yeah. Like that, that's another dream. Like why do, why do we call it hanging up a phone? Or, you know? yeah. or also why is it called a phone? Is that a holdover from like phonograph or something like that? Telephone? Yeah. Yeah, like phonograph just means sound, right? Right. It means it, it means it transmits sound. Seems weird to me. Yeah, it seems weird, but at least it still does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Madden is not going to have any relation to uh, Madden's not going to have any relation to football in twenty or thirty years. So they're still going to call that franchise Madden two thousand thirty instead of one just called NFL two thousand thirty. I wonder how much Madden gets every year from that game. And we talked. I think we've talked about this before. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. I know. Many times before, but he's got to make a mint off that. He does, I, right? But, you know, I wonder, like, it's, it's funny you're bringing this up, because last night I was wondering, I wonder how much in his lifetime Tom Clancy has made off of licensing his name to video games. Because he, I mean, he's been doing it since 1996. Yeah. And Ubisoft outright bought the use of his name for video games in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, so they own the Tom Clancy name. I wonder if at some video if at some point he'll make more money off of video games than books. I wonder if he already did. Yeah, it probably he, he might does. might be there. Yeah, yeah. they well, put out like three Tom Clancy <laughs> games a year on the Xbox. Well, the th- the interesting thing about video games is that video games are a very high dollar industry, but a very relatively low volume, low unit industry. Right. So a lot of times royalties are based on units sold, and you know a good video game will say, sell. 10 million units, right? But if 10 million people went to go see a movie, that would be a $100 million movie. Yeah. Not that big a deal. Yeah, but there's probably also 30 Tom Clancy games or more. No, no, no. I get it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But also, I don't think many of the Tom Clancy games sell in the 9 million unit gotcha. category. Gotcha. That's Halo and GTA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure GTA sold 9 million units. Maybe it did across oh, all the yeah, platforms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's a high altitude for games. Um but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's making a ton of money, you know. Yeah. But it, it, the the real money, I think, in royalties is when you do something small and it's just freaking everywhere. Like songs, you know. Mm-hmm. Songs that end up in movies and play over and over again. And they, songs have a huge life for royalties and everything else. Or if you write a book about a school for wizards. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, and it gets turned into a video game. Dope-ass Lego video game. <laughs> That'd be cool. But the uh, we, one of the things we talked about, too, before was... Like, what do you think the sweet spot in history would be to make a movie? Like, let's take The Godfather as an example. Godfather came out when movies weren't even released wide. They released in cities and then slowly spread across the country. So it had a big theatrical release, but then it also got to go on VHS. It also got to go on cable. It also got to go on DVD. It also got to go on Blu-ray now. Eventually it will. You know, it gets to go through every single format. And all digital formats as well. Yeah, yeah. I would say that 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 sweet spot would be the day that Scarface came out. Yeah, <laughs> well, Scarface is like had the crazy amount of merchandising stuff as well. Like, I don't think there's a lot of Godfather T-shirts. No, there's not. But if you go to the fucking grocery store by our house, <laughs> you can buy a Scarface rug. You know, or fucking Scarface poster still. 
Now what's the deal with that? What was the, what's the deal with the resurgence? Didn't, didn't we? I think didn't someone we bought the brand, right? I think that's Gus is right. I think we yeah. read that someone totally unrelated to the Scarface production just bought the rights to this kind of you know cult mid eighties hit and turned it into this massive gangster it was merchandising. Like five years ago, right? Five yeah. five to ten years ago, he just bought it and started pumping out merch. Yeah, we've heard crazy were stories like that. Like, let's bring something that you're familiar with, booze. Okay, we heard the story about the guy. Who bought the rights to Grey Goose Vodka? I love it. I love the story. And Grey Goose Vodka was a lower brand, nothing vodka. This is in the seventies. In the seventies, yeah. And I'm a. You want to tell the story because you actually know it. I'm just doing it from hearsay. Uh, yeah. I can. It was. I was in. A, I read it in American Way magazine. I think Gus and I both read it on a plane somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the story was about how ridiculously rich this guy is and how he's so rich that he just travels the world kind of like on a permanent vacation and he brings a personal caddy with him wherever he goes. In case he wants to play golf. Like, he's not necessarily going to play golf when he goes to Copenhagen, but if he decides to, he needs to have his caddy there with him. So this guy gets paid to just, just travel the around the world with this, with this dude, just in case he feels like, you know, having a match. And, uh, but yeah, that guy bought the rights to Grey Goose in the 70s and couldn't figure out how to market it, was trying to get it. I, I, I don't know where the, he was from Germany, right? I think. Yeah, he was from Germany. And he was trying to figure out international distribution. And trying to figure out a way to to grow the brand, and he was failing like in every every step of the way, and was running out of money. And he had this idea: what if I just double the cost of the vodka? And he took double it the price, double the price. Yeah, so he went from it was like a twenty dollar bottle, and he said, "I'll just charge forty dollars for it." Instant success. Yeah, he started like he started, you know, he doubled the price and then started selling it. And like I said, late seventies, early eighties, he started selling it at like uh, what was that club in New York? Fifty four. Yeah, the name 54. of it. Yeah, like, so he going to like super high end places and selling it and just like placing it as being expensive at these fancy clubs. Didn't change the formula. No, nope. nothing. Nothing. Just doubled think, the price. I think he he also started painting "Made in France" on the crates that it came in to try to make it seem fancier. Yeah, and, and it worked. It. That's it. Now the dude has his own personal caddy. Mm-hmm. Who tours the world. It was failing at the lower price, doubled the price, made it more exclusive. Instantly, it's a success. Which is why tomorrow I'm going to raise the price of all of our T-shirts to $72. Don't think it'll work the same way. No. Be just like Ed Hardy, right? Yeah. Put product of France on it. <laughs> See if that works. I saw some awesome Ed Hardy uh, car seat covers at Target the other day. <laughs> well, did you tell me you saw somebody driving around in, with that Ed Hardy uh steering wheel cover yeah i saw her at the gas station by her house and she got out of her car left it on and put gas in the car and then just got back in and <laughs> like <laughs> she, and, and she was a manager at the jack-in-the-box she had her jack-in-the-box uniform on i was just like and it was like ed hardy it was like the steering wheel cover was like covered in koi i think how do you get to that level of marketing and merchandising where you're like what else can we put the ed hardy brand on steering wheel covers everybody needs a steering wheel cover right everyone with the steering wheel does good lord i'm reading follow up to this great goose story i just looked it up Grey Goose was sold in the largest ever single brand sale for $2 billion in cash, cash to Bacardi. So the, it's a, a single brand. It's the most money a single brand has ever garnered in a cash sale, in a sale period. And to get cash in a sale like that is amazing. This sale made Frank, the guy's last name who did this, an estimated profit on $2 billion. He made an estimated profit of $1.6 billion. (laughs) 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 It's like literally saying there's nothing there. It's like they paid $2 billion for $400 million worth of stuff. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great. That's great. They paid $2 billion for a name then. So it's like the ultimate markup. He died. 
Oh, he, he died. Did? When did he die? He died in 2006 at the age of 86. We must have read that article in 2005 or two. Yeah, it must yeah. have been right before he died because the person was interviewing him on a golf course. I remember that. And yeah. Like, caddy was like it was the only way that. that he would meet with the guy was if he met with him on the golf course. Right. I love this. This is true. Before his death on January 10th, 2006, at the age of 86, his final projects included a premium tequila named Corazon, which we know that uh, one. Which, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know, yep. And Crook. Energy drink, a joint venture with hip hop entrepreneur Lil John. <laughs> so this eighty-six-year-old dude is getting together with uh, Lil, Lil John. John. God, it's so brilliant. That's fucking. Man, he was awesome. a mover and a shaker. He, he was making money. That's Man. a smart fucking dude right there. He changed. He doubled the price and then ends up selling the brand for two billion dollars. When did he? Sell they it? gave him a giant check. <laughs> I guess it's so. a win. It's like Publishers Clearinghouse shows up. Those big like house. Halliburton metal suitcases. You know? <laughs> That's how I know Halliburton, by the way, is because they're the metal suitcases you always see in movies. Yeah, I'm not sure it's the same Halliburton though. It's like, probably the, a division of it. Yeah, maybe so. The metal suitcase division. If I were that dude and I were that rich, I would hire like an aging celebrity just to be, to be my friend. Like I would hire Ed McMahon to follow me around. Really? <laughs> well, he's dead now. I don't know. Just be like, oh, this is Ed. He works for me. What would you do if you had that much money, Gus? What would you do? I wouldn't tell you fuckers. I know. I, would say, <laughs> I tell you what you wouldn't do is help people. Yeah, you know, no. None of that, right? No, no. I'd hide it. I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd do a damn thing different. Gus would blow up the moon or something. <laughs> well, I'd wait till I was drunk and the moon made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking boom. <laughs> Bye-bye, moon. He's going guns and just shoot at it all, <laughs> all night long. You know, I heard a really funny story where somebody, they, they put out this uh, – the story that apparently Richard Branson's new high-orbit planes, mm-hmm. they put out a press release saying when their planes come out, they're not going to be affected by stuff like volcanic ash because they're going to fly up above all that stuff. Yeah. And somebody said, okay, then it's official. Richard Branson is now a Bond villain because <laughs> there's a volcano that goes off and his are the only planes that can fly. <laughs> That's the plot of a Bond movie right there. He's got to be, right? If only the Bond franchise wasn't in trouble. Richard Branson would make an awesome Bond villain. Yeah, yeah, he would. Or just Bill Hader playing Richard Branson. <laughs> Bill Hader does a good job. He does a really Richard good Branson. job. Yeah. He does. He, I, there was something he did the other day on Saturday Night Live where he, like, what do you think? He, like, skydove from a space station to his work or something like that? I, I didn't forget. see that. It was a celebrity, celebrity, or the what's the show they have where the oh. CEO goes and oh, hides? Yeah. Undercover boss. Undercover boss. But, yeah, he showed up on a hang glider. Oh, it was celebrity yeah, undercover yeah. boss. A rocket hang glider or something like that. That's awesome. You see a Bill, Bill Hader crack up this weekend on, on Weekend Update? Yeah, I saw that. Playing Stefan, and he, he lost it. And it, was, it was pretty good. He couldn't keep it together. You know, we actually have something kind of close to Richard Branson here in America, but he's not quite as popular. Oh, uh, you're talking about, uh, what's his face? Mark Dallas, Cuban? Mark Cuban? No, no. I was actually thinking about Richard Garriott, oh. who's a video game developer guy who made a bunch of money, and he just took his money and went into space. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and spent seven days on the... International Space Station. That's pretty fucking cool. We were talking to a guy last night who did a documentary on him that's coming out. What's that thing called? I'm not sure. Okay, well, let's find it's out. It's a weird name for a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the Richard Garriott story. But this guy's, I mean, that guy's crazy. Like, it, he was going to be the first guy to fly privately into space with the Russians. And he couldn't be first because the dot-com crash happened. He was a tech guy and lost a bunch of money. It was going to cost $30 million. So in his own words, he said... I lost most of my fortune, so then I had to make back thirty million dollars before I go again. So he just did that. So he just made back another thirty million. Man, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and then just and then totally cashes out and uses the money to go up into space. 
It looks like it's called Richard Gary, Man on a Mission. Man, man on, on a Mission. Yeah, Man yeah. on a Mission. And it, it was I, – I saw him in IMAX, and this dude is – I've always been a Richard Gary fan because I played the Ultima games growing up, and he's the guy who made Ultima. And, uh, man, it was just so cool to hear him talk about this stuff. Like, he talked about the differences between the Russian space program and the American space program, and it's completely different. Like, he said that this Suez rocket that they used, that's the one where it's just a big fucking column rocket, mm-hmm. and they have a capsule on top. It's like a bullet. Yeah, it's a bullet, essentially. It's like – that's how they deliver people. The shuttle – American shuttle is used to deliver payloads, essentially. It's like the pickup truck of the space program. Mm-hmm. And the Soyuz rockets delivers people. And we just trade off all the time. Like yeah, we're, always, we're always having to help the Russians move. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> hey, you guys have a truck, right? Want to help me this Saturday? <laughs> I need to put a Hubble <laughs> up into space. But uh, that, So he went up in a Soyuz rocket because there's no private American space travel yet. Um, but he talked about that if they schedule one of those rockets to go up, that it will go up. If they schedule it six years from now, it will go up on the second they say it's supposed to go up. Nothing stops those launches. And the shuttle, it's like they scrub a launch if, you know, a cloud frowns you know, right. at them or something like that. And they scrub landings even more often. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they don't want to come. Yeah, well, I mean, what the hell? Yeah, the one this week had to be had to be delayed like three times. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Well, they glide in, right? Like they don't, mm-hmm. they don't, mm-hmm. they have no power coming. <laughs> glide in. in a Mach eighty. I mean, that's a pretty fast glide in coming out of orbit, but. uh the uh, he also talked about this, the space program too. How it's it's Russia has every single first in the space race, every single one, except for landing on the moon first. That's it. Like if you look mm-hmm. at everything, it's like Russia, 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 U.S. Russia, Russia, Russia. And they did something really cool. I remember you telling me in, in that they have uh, like a at their space head space station headquarters. Yep, they have like statues of all of uh, I guess like the cosmonauts. Yep. That had those firsts. Yep. And they even made a statue for us. Yeah, Neil Armstrong's right yeah. in the middle of it. Oh, that's cool. Well, like, you cool. walk like, down They the... give him recognition. Yeah. That's I, I, I hear that there's tons of Yuri Gagarin uh, statues at that same place. Like, you know, all over. Like, he's like the big, the big hero, the big one. Yeah. Sure. He was the guy who first went in orbit. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Do they yeah. have a statue for Lycia or whatever the name of that dog was? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they make statues for dogs. Do they? Uh, we have monkey statues, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have a Sputnik statue. Where do you think Sputnik is right now? It's got to be in a museum somewhere, yeah, it's right? A museum. Yeah, that's some rich dude hasn't bought Sputnik. Maybe, yeah. Where would it be? Was Sputnik? It, it, it didn't like burn up on reentry or anything. Oh, maybe it did. That would make sense. I don't think they retrieved Sputnik. Yeah, that, I don't think that would that would have survived unless they wanted to retrieve it to see what would happen. What did it do? What did Sputnik do? It just went into space, right? It was just an object that went up, went in space, that's it? Yeah. This is looking it up. You're looking it up. This is important. There is a lot of text. (laughs) Uh, Lost in mission. Well, that's good marketing on the part of the Americans. Like, I mean, if you think about, I definitely consider America to be the space nation. Like, we led the space race. Oh, totally. Yeah, Yeah, like, we're the guys. You know, if you want to go to space, you come talk to us. Knock on our door. (laughs) Maybe we'll give you a ride if you want to go. But, you know, it's not the case. You know, there was a whole other nation really plowing away at it. But not so much anymore, right? You get the feeling? I, yeah, not at all. I read a it Wired is... article about Richard Gary when he was going up, and, dude, it looked like 1960s America in a dorm, and he's pushing buttons. They're like those plastic buttons that are lit up. And they're, they're <laughs> doing like, I guess Mission Control kind of still looks like that for the U.S., too, but it's just kind of scary to think about every all the how little technology is involved in getting these guys into space. I read an article a while back that said that if we wanted to land on the moon again— and we started that process today, it would take like 15 to 20 years to get back there. Really? Which why? Is cra- yeah, why? Why, why, would it, why would it take so long? Safety standards? It's, it's, 
And plus, it's also people forget. Like, the technology's lost. It goes back to what we talked about. Well, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, but a few months ago, I read this story about how the U.S. was looking to, you know, perform maintenance on some of its nuclear missiles. You know, these, like, uh, MIRV warheads. These, you know, these missiles that launch, and then they launch, like, a bunch of smaller nuclear missiles. But they couldn't figure out how to perform the maintenance because everyone who had designed the missiles had either died or retired. And because of security clearances, they weren't allowed to ever document anything. So they had to go back and then, like, figure out how this stuff worked again. And it took them years to figure out how it worked, even though we had already done it. So it might be a similar thing. That's crazy. Can you imagine working on an undocumented nuclear bomb? Yeah, like, <laughs> several undocumented nuclear bombs that are all, like, in one giant bomb. That was the plot of Space Cowboys. <laughs> you never saw that movie. Was it really? Yeah, it was like, uh, the whole idea was there was a satellite in space that these guys put up forever ago, and no one knew how to operate it, so they had to get the old guys back up into space to fix it. Oh, well, I never, cool. I never knew that was the, the yeah. this guy, this guy, It's kind of a funny movie. It, se- it seemed like a movie that I don't want to watch. It's Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones yeah. in it. And who else is in it? Is there uh, Robert Duvall in it? Uh, that sounds right, and also the uh, Donald Sutherland's in it. And, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I think... I think I would watch Robert Duvall in anything. I agree with that. And Robert Downey Jr. is approaching that for me where it's just like he's an absolute joy to watch on screen. Never had a bad performance. It's crazy. Yeah. Him as Iron Man, like just in the trailer when he's clapping for himself at that press conference or that expo, (laughs) it's just like nobody else could pull that off the way he's doing that, you know? Yeah. I'm a sucker for that too. Whenever I go in a movie theater, my wife reads all those, you know, gossip magazines like Us Magazine and stuff and – that stuff's on my counter all the time. But the moment I go into a movie theater, two minutes in, I don't see Tom Cruise. I don't see anybody. It's just I'm in the movie, you know? I totally agree with that. I think Tom Cruise is, like, one of the weirdest, like, most, I don't know, like, bizarrely unlikable people in the world. But the second you put him in a Mission Impossible movie, I don't give a fuck. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, totally. Like, Mission Impossible 3. Dude, don't get me started on that movie. Awesome. I love that film. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. You know, Tom Cruise is gone. Absolutely right. What do you think that is? Do you think it's the movie theater or do you think it's the actual actor? I think it's the actor. You really do? Yeah, I do. Man. Yeah, it's got to be the actor. I think, like, if they're not very good at it, they don't sell it and you don't see the character. You just see the person. Yeah. Because you think that would be a huge deal, like, if you get known for a scandal, that it's going to ruin that suspension of disbelief, that people will no longer be able to see you as a character. They're just going to see you as the weirdo who got caught. In the middle of the night with a hooker, you know, or something like that. Not that's not Tom Cruise. That's right. You know, that's making a generic story. That's uh, Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh Grant, Eddie Murphy, allegedly. You're <laughs> <laughs> just giving someone a ride home. We already covered that. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> could happen to somebody you know this last weekend. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> By the way, have you guys seen the trailer to that new Tom Cruise movie? I don't know what it's called. The Killers. Is that what it's called? The Killers. Oh, is it the Cameron Diaz one? Cameron yeah. Diaz, yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. Looks kind of awesome. Looks, looks interesting. It's Tom Cruise, man. Tom Cruise in a comedy, though. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, he did. Uh, he had his little role Tropic in Thunder. Tropic Thunder. People really liked that, too. Yeah, they did. Yep. People like fat guys dancing. That's all he was <laughs> in that movie. He's funny. That's true. I thought he was funny. He's going to be Les, too. It's a great name. Les. Right? All right. We should probably wrap this up so we can go get some food. Check out the surfboard burgers or whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll post the link up, whatever it was. All right, cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.